Yes, you're wrong. The podcast where we talk trash about things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt, who's inter- getting closer to his 40s as we speak. <laughs> okay, you're the first person who is uh, moved on that target. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Happy birthday, Matthew. I think it is, Thank in you. fact, this exact day of publication. Right? Yes. Yes, yeah. it is. I had to think about this because, yeah, this episode will come out on... Thanksgiving Day, yes. and Thanksgiving Day is my birthday this year, the wow. 24th. Amazing. Honestly, that day has needed a rebranding, so giving thanks for Matthew's existence seems like a better step than yeah. pilgrims and stuff. So, Yes, exactly. I exactly. shall make then, stuffing then Indians. <laughs> yeah, in your honor. Uh, rewriting history, one white gay boy at a time. <laughs> I wonder how many pilgrims were gay. This is a good question. That's a provocative point. How many point. people at the first Thanksgiving were homosexuals? Did you know I had I come from I come from pilgrim blood. I come from the Mayflower directly, a gr- direct descendant. My grandfather of great great greats greats past twas on the Mayflower. I feel like you've told me this before. <laughs> well, <a> colonizer. <laughs> exactly. My uh, family lineage was um, scared out of Germany in between the First and Second uh, World War. Um, oh God, thing you got out of there! Because they were Russian Jews. So, oh, alas. I did not know this. Well, I mean, wow, that's one side that. of my family. So you're like a? Are you Jewish? I, I mean, I think like technically way, way back, but not like you're not identifying. You're not no. checking that box anywhere. No. no. It might, you know, uh, spice things up in your family. I'm not, I'm not uh, Elizabeth Warrening it, if you will. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, that's uh, that's some great uh, information. I know you already had your birthday party. Are you doing a Thanksgiving party, or are you just sitting alone? The problem with having a Thanksgiving birthday, which I've probably (laughs) talked about on all of these birthday episodes, is that you can't really have a party on your birthday because a lot of people aren't here. Like right. I, like if my birthday, I believe, is the only day of the year that always falls on the week of Thanksgiving. It's like the Sunday before Thanksgiving to the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Like that's the range of dates that my <laughs> birthday can Truly be. Yeah. So I guess like if if it fell on the Sunday or Monday, like maybe I could do something and and hope that people like haven't left town yet. But if it's in the back half, it's like a fool's errand. So this year, I am going to visit a friend in Georgia from college for Thanksgiving. So I'll be there for my birthday. We're doing a turkey trot. We're going to, you know, cook some stuff. I'm sure binge watch thing. What's a turkey trot? Yeah. Is that like a 5K or something? Oh, you've never heard of a turkey trot? (laughs) No. I feel like it's a pretty common thing, but maybe it's maybe it's like a maybe like it's like an East Coast thing or yeah, it's what like is it? it's like the more it's like Thanksgiving morning. Yeah, you do like a five k or a ten k or something. Okay, well that's um, why I haven't heard of it. It's because I just 
tune out any right, sort of but it's like you activity. do. I feel like lots of families do them. And it's sort of like, oh, you you get up and you run in the morning and then you've oh like burned God. all the calories that you're going to eat. You at lunch. do not know my family if you think that's anything. Well, we not that your family would do it, but I'm shocked that like you have not encountered a family on Instagram Absolutely who not. has posted a picture. You're like I think... anyone who's athletic, <laughs> I immediately blah. Exactly. It's a miracle that we're even friends. I mean, running is one thing, but writing a whole book about it, like, come on. It's like taking everything in me to not just cut you out of my life completely. Um, <sighs> but I yeah, feel like no, someday that makes you sense. could get into running, Shelby. You You know, I did I had a what is it called? A personal best. I I broke up a, a record of my own. What is that term? A PR. A PR, yeah. I ran two point one miles straight. So when was that? Was that? Recently? Yeah, it was like three weeks ago. Shelby. <laughs> oh my gosh, this, bearing the lead. At this rate, I'll be running marathons Shelby, by the time I'm 80 years old. Look, my my old roommate Anne, who was also oh, not a runner, is training for a half marathon with me, and she ran eight miles. And she hates so. you for it. Is that really what you want with your friendships? You know? No, she, I think she's excited. <laughs> we're, we're getting matching well, I outfits. Know. I, we're I think I'm getting different um, insight into that experience. Uh, you know, she's maybe telling she you that she like hates it? <laughs> Have you guys hung out? No, not yet. Um, no, but... Uh, but she's we telling will. you via text. Yeah, we've had a few. You know, I'm not. I'm not going to speak for her. I just want to say she's resentful that maybe you don't of know me for forcing her to do this. <laughs> she, there might be a voodoo doll involved. Um, <laughs> you know, so. I'm gonna have to ask her after this. <laughs> no, no, I'm. I'm sorry, Anne. I didn't mean to uh, cause more drama wow. and break your. Um, wow. You know your confidants. Everybody's lying to me these <laughs> days, <laughs> and it's my birthday. I'm sure she loves it. Um, I will not. I will be rooting you on. And um, I do love that you want to spend your vacation running. I cannot relate, but I I don't judge you. I mean, I don't <laughs> I don't judge you that. How did we get onto this it. topic? Oh, the turkey trot. Yes, <laughs> that'll be so fun. Um, we believe tur- in intentional eating, and you know, calorie counting is just counter. Uh, well, yes, no, I and, also uh, you know it's that. unnecessary. So, but I also agree. I also believe in a healthy lung and heart. <laughs> And that's what running does for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, anyways, <laughs> my birthday. Happy birthday. It's a tradition on this podcast, going back to the very beginning, yes. that on our birthday, we pick a celebrity, usually mm-hmm. an actor, but we've done some musicians as well, and spend a whole episode dissecting them, their life, their choices, their career, their movies or albums or, you know, whatever artistic output that they have put into the world. And uh, like maybe a month ago, I was trying to think about who I wanted to do this episode on. And there's so many options, but it always sort of comes down to like, okay, who have we seen a lot of their stuff of that won't require us to watch like 40 movies. Like I always want to do (laughs) Natalie Portman. And then I look at Natalie Portman's filmography and realize that there's like 20 movies that I haven't seen. And that I probably don't have time to watch all of those for the podcast episode. But Timothy Chalamet has a movie that just came out in theaters, bones and all. And I was uh, like trying to figure out articles to write, 
related to that, thought, oh, maybe I'll do an article ranking all of Timothy Chalamet's movies, and then realized that that corresponded well to this episode and thought, oh, perfect. I'll kill two birds with one stone. I'll watch the movies and TV shows that I haven't seen. I will write the article for BuzzFeed about it, um, which should be out by the time you are listening to this, hopefully. <laughs> oh, okay. I submitted it several days ago. My editor is taking his sweet old time and getting it edited. <laughs> but that should be out. And then, of course, we're going to be discussing it all here. Um, were you excited, yeah. not excited? What were your thoughts when I said we were going to be doing old Timmy? Well, as a longtime fan of Timothy. Um, it's really just an opportunity to talk about some of my favorite roles and dissect some of the strangest choices. Uh, I, I was neutral. I feel like what's interesting about Timothy is, um, he came out, he came, you know, he came into popularity around the same time as like that other kid, um, Lucas Hedges, Lucas Hedges. And also I want to say like, I don't know. He has that like Ansel Elgort vibe. Like there's just this like trend of kind of like dudes. <laughs> well, I, I also feel like this was again, the same time as like Beanie Feldstein, Caitlin yeah, yeah. Deaver. I feel like there was yeah, a the whole group of people. Yeah. Who came out as like the new group of Hollywood stars and yeah. they're all like in the same 12 movies. So like yeah. he is in scenes with most of them. Yeah, because like the Gordon. first like notable moment I remember from him like um, is Lady Bird, and that was twenty seventeen. Seventeen, so Lady pretty Bird recent. and Call Me by Your Name were the same year, yeah, and I feel like it was like him. nobody had heard about him. Then he was in those two movies at once, and then he's been big ever since. Yeah, but like looking back at his career, I was like, oh, I did see that. Oh, I did see that, and it's just like you know he was such a small role, or it was kind of like a recurring stint on a TV show. I paid half attention to that it didn't like. I didn't, nothing stood out until that like big break with Lady Bird. And then, yeah, he was just like um, in everything. Everyone was talking about him. He was just like the it kid of the scrawny, semi sad looking white boys. And, you know, he's worn that, that crown with the uh, ease. And I, and I support him as sort of the head, the, the, the one who's taken the most seriously, I guess. It's kind of an interesting character because usually we talk about people we sort of dislike or don't understand why other people dislike them, i.e. Anne Hathaway. Um, and and there's usually like a spiciness to their personal life that we're dissecting and exploring. Whereas Timothy is like so uniquely uninterested in the public portion of his popularity that it's just kind of like, Hmm, like how old is he? I don't know. Who is he dating? I don't know. Like what's his what's his life goal? I don't know. Like he's just like this enigma almost. And it reflects the that energy is reflected in a lot of his role choices too. Yeah, I feel like he's interesting because he is so famous and has such a cult following. I mean, he has like a Harry Styles-esque sort of fan base, I feel like, in a lot of yeah, ways. A lot of fan cams on Twitter. Yeah, and at the same time, we don't necessarily know as much about him. Um, but he ha he has like a very interesting sort of sense of style. He has a vibe to him that is very different, I think, from a lot of other Hollywood stars in general. Like he is this 
he is this sort of teenage heartthrob, but he's not like hunky or, you know, like really hot. He's like hot. the opposite of hunky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of questionably hot. It's right. Like... It's like, yeah, he's he's very thin. He's sort of frail looking almost. Like it's a, yeah. it's an interesting choice for people to be so um, enamored by him, but they yeah. are. There's like and... this episode of The Office where they spend the whole day trying to argue if Hillary Swank is hot or not and I feel like he's giving the same energy where it's like it's divisive on whether he's like hot or just like you know has good bone structure and like you either really think he's the hottest person on planet earth or you're just like I don't get the hype I guess you get also well I don't when so my first encounter with Timothy Chalamet was in Homeland. He, oh, okay. I mean, we'll get into the filmography in a bit, yeah. but like home, he was in Homeland. He was only in it for a season. He played the vice president's son nice. who was sort of like a wild child. Um, befriended the main character's daughter who sort of like needed a plot line. And, <laughs> um, and so I think the daughter was like pretty maligned on the show. Everybody hated her, especially as we moved into the third season. And it's like she had a big role in the first season, but then it was like you didn't really know what to do with her after. But obviously she was irregular, so they had to keep coming up with stuff. And so Timothy Chalamet's on the second season. He, spoiler alert, dies at the end of the second <clears throat> season. So, so that's all that he is in there for. But I remember like when... I was watching that season being like, wow, this person is very attractive. Like looking them Mm -hmm. up on, you know, Instagram or online or whatever and being like, oh, this person, like this is a no name person. Like this person hasn't done anything. He's not in anything because Homeland was before he was even in any of the like sort of bit roles and movies that he would have come to have. Um, So I thought he was cute, but then he sort of disappeared and then when he popped up again in Call Me By Your Name, it was like I was, what, five years older maybe at that point. And yeah. I feel like he sort of looked exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. And the whatever sort of like attraction level I had had to him, I did not <laughs> feel that <laughs> anymore. And I honestly, of those, of that like group of actors, I feel like I like Lucas Hedges and the energy that he brings more. Mm. And I think that he... He has had more roles that I've liked in more movies that I've liked. Um, he just hasn't really been doing a ton of stuff recently. Yeah. Um, but I I sort of like gravitated toward him, I guess, in that trio of him and Ansel and um, Timothy. And yeah, I have never been like a huge Timothy Chalamet fan. I like some of his movies. I think that he's talented in some ways, but also not necessarily talented in other ways yeah. will i have some i feel like some hot takes on him and some of these movies um as we get into Delicious. it but yeah i don't know he's a uh, he's sort of he's it's a little confusing to me why people are so into him yeah that's how i feel like he I, like, sometimes see headlines about him. I'm like, is this really worth the hype? Like, what are we doing here? We're, like, celebrating environment. I think it comes back to, like, we're so desperate to, like, hold up, like, you know, woke men or kind of, like, the feminist icons of, uh, you know, casting off the misogyny of yesteryear. And so, like, anytime a 
straight presenting white guy does something semi out there. It's like, wow, so brave. What a king. Like, oh, yes. And so like he's seen as this like fashion icon. And that's like his big like social pull is sort of like, wow, look at his um, bold avant-garde looks on the red carpet. There was once this headline that was like, man, what did it say? I wrote it down because it just like gives me the ick like immediately. But it's like, um, he has blurred the lines of fashion's traditional gender divide and rewritten the gentleman's Oscar code dress code for good. And it's just like, I mean, he just like wore a woman's suit without a shirt once, you know? And it's like, do I think he's making style choices that are interesting compared to other dudes on the carpet? Definitely. Yeah, I love that. But it's weird that it's like, that's, that's his personality almost like that's all that's all we have to work with is that he he has a more blended aesthetic um but it's kind of like I don't I don't know what he's trying to pull off or like what he's trying to say it's just kind of like he's just I don't know I do feel though like okay so let's say you are like a 17 18 20 year old like straight white girl yeah. You like that group of people always has crushes on somebody. Like, they, oh, yeah, of course. You know, like for as back as, you know, the Beatles and Elvis and what, like, they are, there's always a crush on someone. And I feel like in today's culture, um, there's so many horrible men, and we are much more like woke to who is good and who is not that I do feel like there's sort of a, a flailing around a bit. And then like the moment you find somebody a la a Harry Styles or a Timothy Chalamet, who is like, seems like fairly unproblematic. Yeah. <laughs> you're like this, this, this is who we're going with. Like, yeah. <laughs> because I mean, I feel like people were sort of into Ansel Elgort, like that's questionable. Yeah. Um, You know, it's, it's hard to find like Army Hammer. It's hard to find a <laughs> a solid option in that group yeah. who's not problematic. And Timothy Chalamet, you know, m- might know. not necessarily be the person who's out doing the most, but he's at least not. He's not doing, doing anything actively bad yeah. <laughs> that I have seen. Yeah, and it's also I think interesting to like, you know, this isn't a actor we grew up with like we're older than him by like half a decade (laughs) and um that's alarming in its own way but like it's strange to look at the newcomers and be like I don't know it's not like gatekeeping obviously because what power do we have and it's like who did we have to idolize when like Justin Timberlake you know like what are they doing now nothing do I think Timothy Chalamet is like here to stay in a real way yeah definitely I think he's done some interesting things and continues to choose his choose roles that like matter in the industry. Um, but it was like interesting. Like I did the Google search of like, is Timothy Chalamet and was like looking up what, what auto populated. And it's like, the first question is, is he single? Is he religious? Is he dating anyone? Is he Italian? Is he Gen Z? Is he Greek? Like is he Italian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, I don't, I don't know. I was Googling stuff, but uh, you know, it's not the most world intelligent people. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of like interesting to think about the there's just like so there's just nothing. There's nothing. And I'm like proud of him for honoring his like his personal privacy and like being able to 
put together a life where he gets to do what he loves, be super popular, but also not have people in his business. I don't know what that means. It's sort of like a Chris Evans energy. Even though everyone's obsessed with Chris Evans' personal life, he doesn't really give anything necessarily. Like he's flirtatious at large, but he's not like posting about his girlfriend of a year. You know, like it's like, I, I don't know if we'll ever get some sort of like celebrity, um, you know, over the top, um, magazine article rich person like Brad Pitt or Matthew McConaughey ever again. And that's probably for the best, but it is interesting to watch this new gen of actors be much more like uninterested in the, I want to be famous thing, which I think was a big pull when we were kids, you know, like the child actors then. Yeah. I mean, I think that now also there's so many, like, Back then, the way to be famous was to be an actor. Like, you didn't have other options. Yeah. Now you exactly. have this whole swath of, like, influencers and stuff. And I think if you're really desperate to be famous, you end up going that route yeah, more likely. Yeah, ways. Yeah, than to be, like, an actor-actor. Um, which seems, like, hard and sort of very fruitless a lot of the time. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. I mean, I think the most, like, aside from his wardrobe choices, the most... Um, like interesting social thing was when he was dating Lily Rose Depp and there was those pictures of them like grossly oh, making yeah. out on the yacht. But Man. that's that the, but the I don't think they're together right? anymore. And um, yeah, I don't like, I can't yeah. think of anything else that he's done. Yeah. Like absolutely nothing comes up. Like his Wikipedia page, his personal life is like one paragraph that's like, oh, he knows French fluently. <laughs> he likes sports. <laughs> yeah. He's like, okay, that's great. Uh, I'm happy for him. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's him. And he has a sister, Pauline, who suddenly uh, had her sort of breakout moment. She's older, but she's older than him, but she's playing a college freshman in Sex Lives of College Girls, um, written and created by Mindy Kaling on HBO Max, which is into its second season now. It's interesting watching her act and you know, they like look a little bit alike, but also like not, but also a lot. And so it's kind of like, huh, this is Timothy Chalamet's sister. Like, what are we doing here? And it, so she's getting her um, laurels now. But yeah, pretty quiet family, all things considered. Yeah, I mean, I I guess let's talk about his childhood. Yeah. Um, he grew up in New York. His mom um was you know is from here and she worked on broadway i think at some point um as like a dancer or something now she's a real estate person and then his dad is french and so they spent time back and forth and his dad is um is like an editor for a or was an editor for a french magazine um so they he grew up mostly here in New York City. He went to um LaGuardia High School, which is the famous uh like arts school in New York that tons of famous celebrities have gone to. He famously went to school with Ansel Elgort, they're friends from high school, they've known each other for a long time. Um, and I sort of wonder if part of the like kind of chillness to him being a celebrity is that he sort of did grow up surrounded by them to a certain degree yeah. in a New York sort of way. And I feel like New York is 
like, it's less try hard than LA. Like, like the people who either go to LA or grew up in LA, I feel like that's such like a, you have to be going to these auditions and everybody's a model and like that kind of thing where, where the people who grew up in New York are like sort of surrounded by all of these people who have connections and it's much more like old money, hoity toity kind of vibes rather than in, um, in the Hollywood scene, I feel. And so I wonder if maybe that kind of like, you know, we are rich, like our personal lives are our personal (laughs) lives. Like let's connect like backroom dealings kind of situation (laughs) is, is the reason why he is not so, um, you know, out in public. And it feels like he probably has a lot of, you know, mentors or family members who are sort of in, advising him to you know keep his social life at arm's length of the public uh well plus he's just always so comfortable that it never was like he wasn't hungry like he wasn't desperate to like do whatever to make it work and i i was reading that he didn't even want to like he wasn't even interested in acting as a kid he did a few commercials and like shorts and was just like he was like, that's just what kids do. Like, that's just what kids in New York do. They just do these, like, commercials. And I saw that he didn't really love it until um, he got more, like, media roles. And then he was like, oh, yeah, I like I like doing this. Like, he likes theater more than movies. But that's not a realistic option when you look – when you have that strong of cheekbones, you know? Well, also, has he done any theater in New York? I feel like he hasn't been on Broadway at oh, all. Oh, yeah, no. I, I think I, he would, did theater, like, in high yeah. school, college. But then, you know, very quickly was, you know, once he got his break, it was sort of like, okay, we're just doing movies. According to Wikipedia, he dated Madonna's daughter in high school, which I don't know, like, the details on that, how long that was for. Like, was it actually dating or was it, you know, like, we're eighth graders, like, we're dating on the (laughs) playground sort of energy. But I do think, like, that sort of interaction speaks to, you know, I wasn't dating anybody. Well, I wasn't dating daughters, (laughs) but I wasn't dating anybody. I knew nobody famous. I was in no interaction with any famous person. Yeah, there's definitely just, like, an ease to which he carries himself through life that reeks of money. And (laughs) I'm happy for him. But, you know, comparing him to someone who's been, like, I don't know, like, Sydney Sweeney, someone who's just, like, not desperate in a bad way, but just, like, there's that need to get somewhere quickly because that's, that's what they want. That's their, like, lifeline out of whatever doldrums they were in before. Like, he's just kind of, like, coat coasted into this new um award-winning uh serious actor situation it's kind of interesting because like he hasn't done that much but he's already just like he is a blockbuster name you know yeah i mean i feel like all you really need is a few projects to sort of cement yourself in the right places um because i also did a ranking of florence Pugh, Mm. and it's like she has like 10 less things than timothy chalamet does and it and but they're all so excellent (laughs) i mean she's great in everything but yeah it's like uh it's like he she has even less work than him and you know i would say they're on the same caliber of stardom now um it's crazy they're actually like peers because how old is florence she's shockingly young too I think she's older. Timothy Chalamet is 26. 
Lawrence Pugh is also 26. Yeah, exactly. Like, you think they're worlds apart because there's something so, like, I don't know what it is. There's just, like, this old soul quality to Florence, and she just carries herself in, like, such a – in all these roles, you just believe her no matter what age. You know, she's, like, playing an eight-year-old in Little Woman, and you're like, yes, queen. Um, Oh, I love Florence (laughs) Pugh. I just watched The Wonder, too, and I didn't like it at first, but then by the end, I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, yes, I love this. I love her. Yeah, the wonder is weird. It was good. It was giving me like um, the power of the dog vibes, but like not. But you know, like the same yes, energy. No, it is. It is like power of the dog. It's a little slow. Yeah, and a little like um, like sort of like nothing happens. Almost. Yeah, yes, but then like a lot happens at the same yeah. time. Um, yeah. it. I feel like the ending isn't quite as satisfying as I loved the ending. The it dog. gave me chills. But well, yeah, I guess comparatively, yeah. But the, but I, yeah, she's great in it. Like, she's incredible. Like, every yeah. scene she has, you're like, wow, okay, a movie yeah. star. Um, <laughs> anyways, compared to anyways. Timothy, I guess, it's like, Timothy is, like, he's definitely, like, entering that, you know, he he's carrying himself more as an adult, moving away from the teenager roles, but he does still read very young. And I think that's also interesting in looking at what he chooses and kind of how he's presented in these movies and and i don't know it, it's just like it's weird being the old one and being like wow he's 26 and he's already done so much but like is it enough you know <laughs> well it's interesting because he has not yet played a role that's like an adult yeah. every single character that he's played is you know sort of like a teen young adult i mean even yeah. like even bones and all which just came out is is based on a YA book where Florence Pugh has played like wives, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. Has she played a mother yet? I don't think so. But like, well, the wonder she's a, she's, she has a, she had a child who. Oh away. yes, 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 yeah. yes. And I get like, I mean, in, um, don't worry, darlings, you know, she's like a housewife. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she has more, she's playing into some more of those characters rather where, um, Timothy Chalamet yeah. is not, um, but he's not name? getting stuck in like a Shailene Woodley, like you're only a teen ever going to be a teen. Like there's definitely a career path for him. That's it. That's just presented beneath his feet. And it's kind of like, yeah, like you said, I mean, where is Lucas Hedges? I, guess, I don't know. But- I mean, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I think that he'll go places, but he hasn't made that jump yet at all. So, I mean, he's not like, he's not like a Disney Channel star or something where he's like stuck in that like family friendly, like tween spot. Yeah. Um, But, you know, he's not like Miranda Cosgrove or something. Yeah. But he's yet to play like a man, you know? (laughs) Um, I guess Call Me By Your Name too. We'll have to see how that goes. Well, I think that got scrapped because of the army hammer yeah, situation so but too. anyways mm-hmm. um timothy chalamet starts his career as any actor from new york does by playing a corpse in an episode <laughs> of law and order um yeah. love that for him i one of my favorite things about doing these rankings is that like for movies where they have a lead role i watch you know the whole thing but for movies where they're like have a bit role or where they're on a tv show I, like most famous actors if you just google that show and the actor's name on youtube like it'll just come up with the clips of them which are fun to watch um and truly in law and order it's like he's in the opening scene you know where they're where 
they're sort of like setting up who the victim is. And he has like three lines where he wants to play video games and his housekeeper's like, no. And then he's a corpse. Like oh the gosh. next, the next scene is, you know, like him with his throat slit on the <gasps> floor of his bedroom. While, who did you know, it? I don't know. I, I only watched those <laughs> scenes. Oh, the mystery will kill me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also saw that he was in, um, uh, he was in the TV show Royal Pains for four episodes, which is a USA Network show that I watched um, when it was on air 2009 to 20. I don't know. I probably stopped watching around the time Timothy was on there, but I don't remember him at all. I don't remember that storyline, but I was like, oh, <laughs> I definitely saw that. He plays the nephew of one of the char- the female characters yes, yeah. who is like Love going interest. to chess camp and is like really smart. And then he um, like steals he takes the SAT for like this girl in exchange of anti-anxiety medication and then takes Uh. that medication at the same time he takes cold cold medicine and like, uh, like goes into some sort of, you know, shock or something. And then the doctor Mm. has to save him. That's his Mm. plot. But he's, but then whatever character he's the nephew of like leaves the show immediately after. And so he doesn't come back. (laughs) So like pops up a couple times. He's also in this, wild sounding TV movie called Loving Leah, which I had never heard of. I guess I had heard of this like biblically, but not like in real life. I didn't realize this was something. The movie is about like this section of, or like this tradition of Judaism, I guess, where when the, um, when like a man dies, his brother is supposed to marry his widow Oh. And so in so the in the movie it's like a romance where the guy's brother dies then he feels like obligated to like marry the widow but like in a sort of platonic sense moves the widow into the house with him and his girlfriend and then he and the widow eventually fall in love. And Aww. Timothy Chalamet <laughs> plays the the main character like in a flashback early on with you know like like promising the older brother that he'll do this as a child, but like oh, wild weird. that that, that is, is like the most niche movie idea. So he's only in like a flashback. Oh yeah. He's, he's only in one it. scene, but it's not oh. like, do people actually do that? Is that an actual I don't thing? Know. I don't know. You're the is... one with Jewish ancestry. Right. I know, but I figured, I figured it might Mormons might have something similar. <laughs> No, that's you know we we chose if to Rob adopt dies, the, is Rory let's marry to lots marry of wives. Not the oh, you can have my you can have my castoffs when I die. Oh, that's funny. No, I don't know anything about that, but um, yeah, I didn't see that one either. Okay, I mean again, only once. <laughs> then he's in Homeland, and then we get to the movies, and it's weird because like he was in these TV shows. Homeland airs in 2012. Then he starts movies in 2014 and he never does TV again. Yeah. He's like, no, good for him. Like, I'm, I'm out of there. <laughs> I saw he was in Men, Women, and Children, which is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I absolutely hated it. Visceral reaction to it. It's like an ensemble movie about like people dealing with like basically um, it's like porn. Yeah. Just like sexual issues across and generations. Technology. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember him in it, and I even tried to, like, look up the Wikipedia summary, and he's not mentioned in it, like, his character. 
so Ansel Elgort is in this movie. Yes. And he and Ant. Ansel Elgort is like um, was on the football team, but like now doesn't want to be on the football team because he wants to date Caitlin Deaver, who's like a nerd. And so he quits the football team. And in the weirdest bit of casting ever, Timothy Chalamet plays like one of the players who's still on the football team. And it's like, <laughs> you betrayed us. And they get into a fight in the lunchroom at one point. Of course. I mean, a natural all-American football star. That's what I think of when I think of Timothy Chalamet. I'm like, there was nobody in the KJ Appa like, school <laughs> available for this role. You had to get yeah. Timothy Chalamet to be Timothy, in it. Yeah, that's funny. He's also in Interstellar that year, oh, yeah. playing the Casey Affleck character in a flashback. Yeah. Well, and he was famously mad about that. He was like, he... He thought his role was going to be like this breakout moment for him. And I think they might have like recorded extra scenes, but then it turned out to be this really minor, you know, one scene kind of moment. And he wouldn't watch the movie like it was too upsetting to him. He couldn't watch the movies he'd he'd auditioned for or got these like small bits in because it was so disappointing to realize that he'd been basically written out of the movie. (laughs) Well, yeah, because in that movie, it is so focused on the daughter Famously yeah. named Murph. Murph! 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 <laughs> As he's banging through the bookcase wall. The fi- the fifth dimension is, as we all know, love. So. <laughs> I, have we talked about Interstellar? Like, were you, did you I like it? Did you dislike it? it? I was not into it, but I will say this. I have rewatched it um, once and maybe twice. I, I did tear up when he has that scene where he he like cries watching the videos play back yes. and his children are grown. But then it really like wanders in the last half. Like there's bits that are really beautiful and interesting, but then there's stuff like I forget Matt Damon is in that movie every single time until he shows up on my screen and I'm like I forgot this whole storyline existed. Oh, see really? I always forget all of the earth stuff. Oh, is yeah. the parts that I forget. <laughs> like, I remember them going to the planet where they're, like, going back in time or whatever. I remember Anne Hathaway's in it. I remember Matt Damon shows up out of nowhere because that was such, like, a big shocker because he wasn't yeah. advertised as being in it. And then he's, like, this A-lister who has a decently <laughs> big role. But the yeah. all of the Jessica Chastain stuff, I'm like, oh. oh see, I love Jessica Chastain. I forgot that. I mean, I love Jessica Chastain, too, but... No, I I didn't mean to doubt you. I just meant that that was seared into my mind for whatever reason. I like remember her being all like salty and determined and talking about, I don't know what the issue was on her. It's something about windstorms and like crops drying up. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and the talking through through the library. It's all, it's I a weird I remember the library. And yeah. the main thing I remember is the score. Yeah. The like harpsichord, yeah. like. <laughs> Exactly. You took not me right as back good to as it. Tenet, I'll say. I'll say yeah. not as good as Tenet. Yeah. Murph. I mean, definitely it is not like, as good as Inception. It, it, you know, it's had some staying power. So, you know, it, you say Murph, and I think everyone would know what you're talking about. Yeah. He's then also in the in 2014 uh, in a movie called Worst Friends, where he, which is like a little this. indie movie. He plays um, the main character in a flashback at the beginning and then the end <laughs> of the movie. Poor little flashback kid. I know. I know. He plays a kid in a flashback in so many of these movies. <laughs> um, because then the next year in 2015, he plays a young James Franco in a like a drug <laughs> addict um, movie called The wow, Adderall Diaries a theme. Yeah. in a flashback. So he does have that drugged out look and that's continued to 
define some of his career choices. Yeah, he's played an addict in a few of these. Um, <laughs> he's also in a movie called One and Two. Yeah, Did you see this, this or do you know anything about no. this? So this is a weird, this is like, I feel like around this time in like the 2015 era, like folk horror sort of became a thing. Mm. Um, and this is like kind of a village-esque movie where him and Kieran, Kieran Shipka, the girl from Mad Men, yes. are siblings who can teleport and their parents have like locked them on this farm because they don't want them going into the real world with this like magic teleportation skills and then they get mad and the girl leaves and he's stuck with his dad and it's like it's it's like a sci-fi movie but it's somehow like the most boring version of a sci-fi movie and just so drab because it's mostly just them on the farm um yeah it's not great i don't it didn't yeah. do well it doesn't sound appealing <laughs> but i think that's his first like lead role or big oh, role because right. it's you know it's sort of like a two-hander yeah good for him I did see Love the Coopers. Um, don't remember him in it, though. It's like a Christmas ensemble movie in 2015. And Diane Keaton's in it. Yes. Did Diane... you watch it? I only watched his oh, okay. clips. Um, the movie got terrible reviews. Yeah. <laughs> he, I mean, yeah, it's sort of like a Valentine's Day kind of thing, yeah. but for Christmas. And, like, he's the son who has a crush on this girl who works at the mall, played by Molly Gordon. And they make out. And that's basically the extent <laughs> of his plot line. I love these early shows. So fun. But have you seen Miss Stevens? No, but I was surprised to see it's one of his highest rated on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like I one of four. loved this movie. Oh, This okay. is such a good movie. Like, sort of, sort of, I feel like, not. it's not like Dating Amber, but it's like that sort of energy of like a movie that no one has heard about but okay. is secretly really good so okay. lily rabe who i think is known mostly for like doing american horror story stuff i don't know i've never i haven't really come across her very much but she plays miss stevens who's like an english teacher who decides to take three of her students to like a you know, like a drama competition festival, you know, where they have to like perform monologues or whatnot. Mm. And so it's Timothy Chalamet, another student who's gay, and then um, Lily Reinhardt from Riverdale as sort of like this very like stuck up type A kind of person. And it's just like the four of them basically hanging out at this like hotel complex for a weekend <laughs> while they you know, have to perform these monologues and it's, and Timothy Chalamet plays like a sort of like, not like, like someone who's obviously like going through things and sort of like comes from a difficult background and the school's like, we think it might be good for him to go on this trip, but he like is probably going to act out on it. And so the teacher has to sort of figure out how to, handle that um hmm. and it's a really like small movie but it's very i thought it was very funny it's very cute it has like a good ending it also sort of has the energy of like um a uh, short-term 12 kind of uh, oh. vibe i don't know i really really liked it and i think timothy chalamet is very good in it and i sort of feel like that movie like the scenes that he has in that are the reason why he got cast in all of the big stuff 
the following year because he because oh. he has a point where he does like a full monologue from Death of a Salesman and is incredible in it. And I just don't like the rest of the stuff he's done up to this point is like these tiny little bit roles where he's not really doing very much. And I feel like right. this is a movie where he's actually like acting and it's a good movie and it and he's with like other actors who are also talented. So right. I would recommend. Okay. I it's wrote also it down. only like 90 minutes, I think. Oh, perfect. Um, no, I wrote it down. It sounds interesting and I can see why. He finally had somewhere to kind of dig his teeth in ahead of these moments to come. Yeah. Because then we get to 2017, which is his breakout year. And we have yeah. Call Me By Your Name and Lady Bird both come out along with a couple of other movies. Um, Did they come out at the same like time? Like around the same time? Because I remember Lady Bird. And then I was like, oh, he's in Call Me By Your Name. So Lady Bird, I believe, came out in the fall, like earlier in the fall, maybe yeah, like September or October. Summer, yeah. And then Call Me By Your Name oh, was, was one like of those. Yeah, it was one of those movies where it was like technically released right. in theaters in December, but like didn't really come out until like January, I think. Okay. Um, because for whatever reason, for the longest time, it was only playing at the Regal in um, Union Square in New York. <laughs> And so I had to go there to watch it, even though, like, I wasn't, uh, like, I wasn't, well, would this have been movie, a movie pass at this It might point? have been movie pass. It might have been movie pass. But I remember going to that theater and being like, I never go to this theater. I don't like this theater. Why am I here? <laughs> oh, it's because this is the only place Too that's showing this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, yeah. it was, like, getting all of this Oscar buzz. Yeah. No, it was a big year. I mean, Lady Bird is one of our favorites. It's um, such a delight. Still revisited it. Loved it. Launched Saoirse Ronan's like adult career, I guess. Um, second wave of Saoirse, I guess. Um, Greta Gerwig's first directorial. Such a good movie. Well received to this day. Uh, cannot hype it enough. And Timothy has such a fun role in it as sort of this douchey, love interest like high school kid it's just like so exact in its portrayal of the type of person like i just he's so fun in it and he's such a dick but like so pretentious and like and kind of harmless in his own way i i feel like that i don't know if it's because of who he is or because of how he did in this role but I feel like this is a character that he has sort of been stuck with. Yeah, where for he sure. plays like a version of this in, um, in Don't Look Up. He sort of plays a version of this in Bones and All. He plays a version of this in A Rainy Day in New York. Like he just constantly plays this character who's just like infuriatingly annoying. <laughs> like like thinks they're artsy, thinks they know what's going on, but like obviously sort of doesn't. Um, and yeah. I really liked him in Lady Bird, <laughs> but I sort of feel like having seen him play this role in like six movies now, the Lady Bird, it's sort of like, okay, yeah, that like Timothy Chalamet is doing Timothy Chalamet. No, it's the OG. You can't, you can't right. retroactively take back your praise. No, I mean, I love Lady Bird and I think <laughs> Lady Bird is the best movie that he's been in. Um, but... I I like the, my impressed with him in Lady Bird. I feel like has become okay. 
less impressed because I'm like, oh, maybe this is just like just that him. thing where the actor's really good at one thing and then just does right. it over and over and over again, you know? Yeah. And it, I guess I see your point, but it is kind of like to Like a me, Melissa McCarthy effect sort of thing, <laughs> you know, where it's like the fifth movie where she's like a crazy person screaming at people. You're like, yeah. okay, we get it. Yeah. But there is something like the thing that I like about the Ladybird Lady Bird character and the other iterations to come is that he's allowed to have fun. And I feel like the mistake he's made in later shows is that he's so serious and glum and kind of like morose and usually like a loner type. And it's just like not as interesting or dynamic. And I feel like in Lady Bird, he's able to like prove why like his charisma it excels in moments where he gets to be more playful in his um presenting like yes he's a dick and he's kind of an asshole and he's like so pretentious and over the top that you wouldn't want to spend time with him as a character but it's fun somehow to watch him do it and he has like a glimmer in his eyes that feels like he's enjoying it too Whereas you go into these some of these heavier roles and it's just like, oh my gosh, like give this boy a comedy. Like I just, I want him to just like, oh, shake it off and have some fun. Yeah, he, I mean, I feel like everybody seems like they're having fun in uh, yeah. Greta Gerwig movies. Like yes. everybody in Lady Bird is at their best in Lady Bird. Like I don't, I'm not sure we've seen any of those actors be as good since unless they were well, also in Little Women. So sure. Saoirse Ronan has I mean it depends on how you define like her best like I think that Brooklyn show is so good yeah I mean she's also good in Brooklyn I think that her best is probably actually Little Women yeah um but yeah Yeah, but yeah it's it's like I think Beanie is great in that I think um Lucas Hedges is like perfectly utilized in that yeah everybody is just spot on it is and this is like his highest rated Rotten Tomatoes score movie it's like 99% like he He's chosen a lot of good movies that have remained like, you know, quote unquote certified fresh. But this one is, it does feel like top tier so far. Before we get to Call Me By Your Name, let's talk about the two horrible movies he was in this year. <laughs> okay. I didn't see him. So, oh, are we counting Hostiles? I didn't see that one. Yes. And, and Hostiles? Hostels is like a weird, like, I'm not sure this movie should have been made, yeah. like, sort of problematic thing yeah. where it's like these white people have to transport this old, like, Indian man across yeah, Montana, and then yeah. these other Indians are attacking them. Um, yeah. And Timothy Chalamet is playing, for God knows what reason, a French soldier, despite well, him being French. French he has the worst French accent I have ever heard in a movie. It's no, you like, just don't know real French people. <laughs> no, it is. It's terrible. Like, it's not. He only has, like, three scenes. And yeah. it's ridiculously bad. It's it's like, it's, it's, like, mostly American. But then, like, with every sixth word is, like, Inspector Clouseau. Uh-huh. Like, that's the energy that it is. <laughs> and luckily of the party, like, he's one of the people who has to guard, you know, the elder chieftain as they you know trot across the <laughs> prairie and the first battle they get and he gets clipped and he's oh, in shoot. truly two scenes of the movie and it's a mercy because <laughs> the accent is so bad i yeah. mean i think that they probably changed the script they were like we were gonna have him till the end but nope we gotta kill him off first like 
can't do another Sacre day of bleu. Timothée. Oh. Oh là là. I know je the je second... suis Jean Mappel. <laughs> Timothy. Uh, the second movie that he's in is Hot Summer Nights, which oh, is a okay. weird yeah, one I because this was like filmed several years prior. Mm, I love those. It came out at Sundance. It got bad reviews. And then I think sort of like once they had um, like once sort of some of his other stuff started to percolate, they like dumped it on a vod platform it's about a bunch of people who are like a bunch of rich people in summering in like cape cod or martha's vineyard or one of those places and he is sort of like a local and decides that he's gonna like sell drugs to all of these yuppies and then gets in over his head and you know like it goes poorly but it's but it's weirdly like set in the 90s so like some of the stuff is like 90s references but some of the stuff you're like this is too low budget so they just use stuff from today and it doesn't really work um and it's just bad it's a it's (laughs) it's long it's boring and i think it wait are we describing call me by your name now or just kidding (laughs) I know, but I think this leans into what you were talking about, like the anti of Ladybird, of where Ladybird is so he's having so much fun and gets to do so much interesting stuff, and in Hot Summer Nights he is having no fun mm. and is taking himself, I think, too seriously, and will run into that problem again several times in his <laughs> filmography. Yeah. Well, I am curious about um, how you feel about Call Me by Your Name. Because this was a huge movie when it came out. Um, like we joked about, it it remains like a big moment. They were thinking of doing a sequel um, based on another novel by the guy. Um, really talked about, obviously, nominated for a lot of awards, including him as a nominee for Best Actor, the third youngest in history. Um, and he was good in it. I just, I don't know. I don't know. Tell me how you feel. <laughs> Is this a safe space for me? So here's the thing about Call Me By Your Name. And I think this extends more broadly to Luca Guadagnino as a filmmaker. He's the director of this. Mm -hmm. Um, And since this, he's made Suspiria. He made that, um, that like army television show with the boy from it. Um, And then most recently he had made bones and all, um, it's called like oh. We Are Who We Are or something like that. Mm. It was on HBO. I think it only ran for a season. Um, about like a queer kid sort of on like a military base. Yeah, absolutely not ringing a bell, but I believe you. Um, I didn't watch it. Yeah. But I was at the Bones and All premiere in New York. And he sort of like, you know, he was there. A lot of other people were there. Someone or another on the panel or whatnot was in the Q&A afterwards was saying like Luca is so like youthful like he just understands like Mm. youth and he makes all of these movies that make it feel like so realistic to be um a like young person and he understands like that romance and like on these like sort of whirlwind romantic experiences and I was sitting there thinking to me, a lot of his movies, including both of the ones that Timothy Chalamet are in, 
feel like someone who has not fully processed what like a healthy romantic situation Mm -hmm. is. And so they are making a movie about a severely unhealthy relationship, but they in making the movie think that it's about a healthy relationship. And I feel like the problem with call me by your name that I have is not necessarily with the movie or the acting. It's that so many people who watched it were like, wow, like, isn't this this beautiful romantic love story? Like, like rooting for it. And I feel like actually the like correct reading of this movie is that this is sort of like a sad traumatic story about this young person who like feels all of these very intense emotional feelings towards someone who is like kind of grooming him not um like it's not romantic it's very manipulative it's not like something that we should aspire to and so I feel like when I think about call me by your name from that lens Mm. I like it but when the people are like, oh my gosh, I love like Elio yeah. and whatever his name, like so romantic, so dreamy. I'm like, no, this is like a weird, creepy story where this yeah. like much older guy is like taking advantage of this kid and the de- and the parents are like not intervening, even though they should be. They're sort of like letting it happen. And then this child is obsessed and then the guy leaves and then the child's heartbroken. I'm like, this is... Like, I think it's a very accurate and real story, but I, it's like, I think the director and everybody involved and a lot of people who saw it, like, don't understand what the actual yeah. dynamics of this are. Yeah, there's like a warped POV in how it's presented. Because I agree. Like, yeah. I I went into it knowing, like, it was obviously, like, a well-received film. Like, I was seeing it at the tail end, probably of its theater run. And so I was, like, excited. But there is something, like icky about the age gap and like not just the age gap but the way um army hammer's character like treats this little kid like and everyone wants to be like oh it's a different time different culture like oh you have these layers of like the repressed sexuality about it and like i get that but there's just like this manipulative edge to the way he toyed with him at first like as things were building up and like it did just feel kind of felt very yucky and very much like grooming and it was just kind of like hard to watch and be like well am i am i allowed to feel like turned off by this or am i supposed to be like oh yes like gay love like let's see it and like enjoy it and i don't know because it it's like i've seen so because this is a thing that had think piece after think piece like uh, a lot of people talking about it still to this day is like is it good is it bad type thing like, I'm not a mad that exists. I don't think it's necessarily, like, doing any harm per se. Um, but I do I do agree that it's kind of weird to watch people celebrate it as sort of this, like, ha- not happy romance, but kind of this, like, beautiful romance. And it is just kind of, like, like, I, like, even watching the casting choice of Timothy Chalamet, who reads so young and technically was pretty young, like, filming this but then army hammer who reads so old like honestly i have no idea how old he's supposed to be in the movie but he looks like he's 34 years old well it's like the power dynamics are so different from the characters yeah and then you're casting timothy who's like this like pale scrawny little boy and then timothy chalamet or and then army hammer who's like muscular and hairy and tan and like an adult (laughs) and has this deep voice and you're just yeah the 
dynamics don't seem right to me. And I wish they had done something more like the tale where you kind of like think it's this romance. And then like partway through, you realize like, wait a second, like maybe this isn't right. Cause I think, you know, I think that gay people, especially back in, you know, 2017, were thirsty for queer romances on screen in any way, shape, or form. Because at that point, you know, it's like, we didn't have bros, we didn't have Fire (laughs) Island, we didn't even have, like, the Hallmark Christmas movies. We had, like, Brokeback Mountain and, (laughs) you know, and these, like, really devastating sort of, like, sad AIDS stories. Yeah. And... So I think that a romance that was just like straight up gay people were into and wanted to and like it so much that shot. they made it yeah. romantic. Yeah, and the and this the score is beautiful, the songs yeah. are gorgeous, like it's just so dreamy and yeah, looking back on it, I mean even then I felt like uh, and yeah. now looking back even more so I'm like uh, like this yeah. is I think it is a good movie, but I think it's not a good movie for the reason why you think it's a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's like, it always bothered me. Like, like I, I think there are really powerful performances. I remember the dad gives a speech about acceptance that's like really moving and beautiful and sweet. And like, obviously that infamous closing scene where he's just like weeping at the fire as the credits scroll. And you're like, you get it. Like, it's beautiful. But then you remember that it's like this grown man devastated this boy and then ran home to his like fiance and like carried on with his life and yes that story in itself is a tragedy like this man who's forced to be someone he doesn't want to be and like be in a relationship he doesn't want but he blew up this kid's like entire life and kind of left him to pick up the pieces and it's like we had to watch his kind of childhood end and it's not necessarily like Sure, he found acceptance from his family and like realized what love could be for him, but it was like, mm, at what cost, you know? And like, and the optics of having this adult willfully shatter this kid. I don't know. It's just like messy, but I also acknowledge that it might mean something different to other people and like how they have a different, you know nuance to it especially if they're within the lgbtq community that maybe i just like it's just a trigger point for me um looking at it from like a feminist lens and so i don't know it's like i didn't enjoy it at the time but i'm not like mad i don't i understand why it got the accolades that it did yeah i mean i'm I'm glad it's a movie, but I, yeah, yeah, it's not, I'm not like banging the drum of this is like the best movie ever made, like (laughs) top five of my lifetime, sort of. And he, he was nominated, but he didn't win. I was trying to remember who won for that year. Oh, who did win for that year? I should have looked this up. Um, I think that was the year that Gary Oldman won for... Ugh. Darkest Hour. Honestly, so stupid. That's insulting. I would have the Winston Churchill movie. Would have voted him above that for sure. But that's fine because he went on to do more. Um, yes. But that was probably his closest. Well, that was his only Oscar nomination yeah, so far. Yeah. Um, I think he did get close the next year. So he has that big year in 2017. 2018, we get Beautiful Boy, <laughs> which is him and. Steve Carell in this 
drama about a son who has a severe drug addiction and his father who's like trying to cope with this. It was based on a best-selling memoir. And I think going into this season, everybody thought, wow, like this is going to be one of those movies that's like sweeping awards left and right because you know, Steve Carell had been nominated for a couple of things. People really like him. Timothy Chalamet was, you know, riding so high after the um, the previous year. And it came out and sort of landed with a bit of a thud. Like, it's just so long and so <laughs> miserable to watch Timothy Chalamet, like, fall, like, relapse over and over and over and over again. And I understand, like, that's how it works. Yeah. And how this is a probably very realistic movie, but it's not like necessarily a super fun movie to watch. And Timothy Chalamet's performance, I think, gets a little bit redundant and boring as, you know, he's going through this stuff for the fifth time. And so this was one of those movies where like early on in the season, he was predicted to be nominated for an Oscar. He kept getting nominated for these for the precursors, for a Golden Globe, for the SAG, for the Critics' Choice. But it always sort of felt like he was, like, the last one, and he was sort of, like, barely hanging on. And then finally, when the Oscar nominations came out, he had been, like, clipped off the list, and they had added somebody else in instead. Um, And it was, like, there was the same – there's Lucas Hedges in a sort of problem child movie the same year, right, with um, Julia Roberts, I think. Yes, Ben is back. Yeah. Another, another, <laughs> um, yeah, drug addiction. It's kind movie. of like a bummer of a, of a, of a slew of movies to sit through. But yeah, he was like, like I watched it, but it, it did feel long. I, my theory, I have a theory which is very accurate so far. Oh, okay. okay. That most like boy, like straight boy child stars, in order to try to prove themselves as legitimate actors, will play one, a gay character, and two, a character who's addicted to drugs. And (laughs) Leonardo DiCaprio did it, Jonathan Taylor Thomas did it, Lucas Hedges did it, Ansel Elgort did it. Like, everybody has done it. And this is Timothy Chalamet's drug addiction movie. He, like, had to get it out of his way. He did the gay movie the year before. This is the drug addiction movie. Congratulations, you're a real actor now. And then they need a Woody Allen movie, right? (laughs) And then they need a Woody Allen movie, <laughs> which I I did watch this. Oh, wow. I take my job right? seriously. A oh. rainy day in New York. <laughs> this is the last gasp of Woody Allen, the like American filmmaker. I think this was a movie that was shot before all of the Me Too stuff sort of. Mm, happened and i mean yes like skeptical Uh, like these people the actors should not have been in it but i think the cast is mostly young people it's l gold l gold fanning l fanning um selena gomez timothy chalamet these people who were obviously like enticed by the fact that woody allen is this you know talk about an act a director who loves young love <laughs> yeah exactly i mean emma stone has been in woody allen the number of woody yeah. allen movies i've had to watch for these rankings know, disgusting. is not yeah. great it's too many they're they're all bad yeah they're all about um young hot girls uh sort of being preyed upon by older men usually in the film industry that happens to Elle fanning in this mm. um 
Timothy Chalamet is playing a even more insufferable version of his Lady Bird character. Oh. Who's sort of like an upper west side, like super well, like comes from super wealthy, but he's like, my parents like don't understand actual <laughs> culture because they're just so wealthy. Um, it's, it's horrible. It's not a great movie and it's not a great performance. It's basically yeah. what he's done before, just vamped up. The best person in the movie is Elle Fanning. Well, and this was a movie where before it was released, he was like, but after it was filmed, obviously, um, funny how that times out, uh, he announced remorse and was like, I shouldn't have worked with him and I'll be donating my entire salary from this film to Time's Up, um, which was founded after the Harvey Weinstein scandal and me too movement in 2017 so you know good for him for um recognizing that and trying to undo some harm but because uh, wh- when was me too like late it's like 2017 yeah. late 2017 yeah and this movie filmed in september of 2017 so yeah. it was probably like they filmed then right. the Me Too stiff happened because then this sat on the shelf for a while before it even came yeah. out. And I think it might have like only been released like on streaming. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. It was like, um, obviously, you know, Woody Allen wasn't Me Too'd per se, but I think as people talked about the Hollywood and like believing women and standing up for women, there was a re, um, examination yeah re-examination of woody allen and dylan farrow and all of that and so i feel like this is you know this controversy has come out anytime there's a woody allen movie from like the time i remember caring about movies to to 2018 so it's kind of like should he have known better uh yeah definitely but like whatever he i you know tried to do more than what other cast other woody allen figures have done you know well, because Woody Allen has Midnight in Paris in mm-hmm. 2011. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was his last, like, movie that everybody was sort of rah-rah about. Yeah. And then yeah. he has Blue Jasmine, which Kate Blanchett won an Oscar for, but I think otherwise did poorly. And then really he had, like, he had the two Emma Stone movies that were both sort of <laughs> meh. Yeah. He had... Cafe Society, Wonder Wheel, which I think was straight to Amazon, um, and then A Rainy Day in New York. And then he's had one movie since then, but it had basically has nobody famous in it. And I think it came out at like only overseas. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Good for him. Um, but yeah, that was kind of Timothy's 2018. Not a great, not a great year for him. But if you thought that A Rainy Day in New York was bad, uh, a worse movie is The no. King, <laughs> which is absolutely not not possible. Uh, let me tell you, The King is <laughs> so boring. The King is a two and a half hour version of Shakespeare's play Henry V, but it's not like it's not Shakespearean dialogue. It's just the plot. Yeah. That's famously, I think, one of Shakespeare's more boring plays, <laughs> and they somehow managed to stretch it out. Um, and make it incredibly dull. Yeah. Timothy Chalamet plays Henry V, who's sort of this, like... Oh, shucks. I don't like, want to be king. <laughs> yeah, like, joke... Like, like kind of, um, like, rebellious child who gets forced 
into being a king, but sort of like doesn't really know what's going on and has to mature rapidly while having a battle with the French. Um, and it was originally written as a very like patriotic story for the British. Obviously, since then or more recently, like just going to arbitrary wars to fight against somebody else for land <laughs> is not really seen as a good motivation. Well, it wasn't arbitrary. He didn't want to fight them, but they just like kept trying to assassinate him, Matthew. Well, right. So they had to sort of come up with a reason for like why it actually makes sense that yeah. Timothy Chalamet would want to go to war. Um, <laughs> and it only like half works. The movie's just so dull and Timothy Chalamet <laughs> is just glowering the entire yeah, he's time. He looks so miserable. Yeah. Even the big like rallying speeches he's supposed to be giving the army are not working. He's the just, most interesting yeah. part of the movie is Robert Pattinson's two scenes as the French king and otherwise the movie is completely a waste of time. I would not <laughs> wish this on my worst enemy. You know, I watched it for like an hour at work and then I mean, in the background. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to speed this up because Netflix has that like turn up the speed thing. And I think it really elevated the experience for me because they all talk so slow that when you put it up to like 1.5 to 2 point speed, it feels like they're still talking normal just at a more, you know, normal pace. Like they're not just, mm, I wonder, you know? And so maybe that's why I enjoyed it a little bit more. Like it wasn't a good movie. But I wasn't feeling the same sort of torture you were experiencing. Um, so that's, I guess, my recommendation to any listener who feels like they should watch this. Just watch it on two times speed. <laughs> I will also say it did not help that I had to pair this with The Outlaw King, which I thought was the same movie, <laughs> which is the Chris Pine, um, Florence Pugh medieval Ugh. Netflix film, which is also <laughs> boring and bad. Yeah. Um the Outlaw King. I'm trying to think if I saw that. Chris Pine it's about, and Florence Pugh. I mean, that's yeah. like Chris Pine is like a he's like a Scottish king who's the Outlaw King, and he's like fighting against the that. British. Is that what you're it's saying? It's just it's the same it's the same type thing. Florence Pugh is not in it that much. Okay, She's okay. his wife, who obviously is not in the battles. So. Oh, I did start this, but then I was like, they were on a boat or something, weren't they? No. Yeah, at some point, yes. Yeah, it was very slow. Yeah, it's again, it's boring. Yeah. Um, but then we finally get to Little Women in 2019, Aww. which is fantastic. Great. Yeah, I notes. read the book to watch the movie. I think that the movie's actually better than the book. <laughs> I think that Greta Gerwig like fixed some things <laughs> that the publishers <laughs> wouldn't let. Louisa May Alcott do okay, um, yeah. in the in the in the printing of it in the 1800s um, <laughs> yeah the the characters yeah. are great Sir Ronan is incredible Florence Pugh does a great job um, you know oh, Emma yeah. Watson whatever but Timothy Chalamet is great we love Laura Dern Meryl Streep like there's so oh, many iconic it. scenes yeah. it's just I think all the it's time so about Amy making a mold of her foot for Lori. <laughs> Francis. And this er is like Timothy gets to have fun again. Like 
He's playing a very boyish, playful character, mischievous in a lot of ways. And even when he's so like serious in the second half, there's just this like flirtatious edge to him and he's he gets to like have fun. And I feel like that's where he thrives. Like I I enjoy watching him enjoy himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's he's really He's really a good time in this. And he gets to have some great scenes paired with both Florence Pugh and Sir Ronan where, like, he gets to do things, too. Yeah. Where I feel like the king and beautiful boy are so, like, staunch, stuffy kind of performances. Yeah. And this has, like, a lot of energy to it. And just, like, the background scenes, even. Like, he's... He's just like so on in every single shot that it's just like a delight to rewatch. When they're like dancing around the house yeah. or when they're at the beach or yeah. like even, you know, him like running around on the hills. Yeah. Ugh. I know. I've been meaning to rewatch it. It just feels like such a fall time movie. It's like, like a, a Christmas movie. Now's yeah. the perfect time to watch I it. I know. I've got to watch it. Great stuff. Um, then, of course, we get the pandemic. Ah, yes. And so things get backed up. He's not in anything that comes out in 2020, um, mostly because the French dispatch, Wes Anderson's (laughs) movie, is held until 2021. Um, Did not watch. Refused to. You never saw this. (laughs) You should have watched. Like, I I guess I don't know where it's streaming, but, like, this is a... New Yorker style movie where yes. it's like four different stories and as a movie I think it's terrible it's boring and long and you don't really get to know the characters very well because you're just getting to them for like a little segment and then they're gone <sighs> but I think that the section that's Timothy Chalamet and Francis McDormand is the best section and Timothy Chalamet does I mean it is sort of like comedic he's playing a like kid at a college who's you know trying to like start a sort of like a unionization like uprising revolt and Francis McDormand is the journalist who gets set there and they have an affair together um and it's 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 like quirky <laughs> and he gets to be like I think more zany than he does in some no, other things. No, thank you. So, is it is it a great movie? No, but I'm absolutely uh, unsurprised he found himself in a Wes Anderson movie. Like it just it felt well, inevitable. At this point, everyone has been in a Wes Anderson <laughs> movie. Uh, like there's so there's so many people in well, that movie. Well, to be known as his most pretentious film, like honestly, that rings true too. Yeah, it's not it's not a good movie. <laughs> but if you had to watch one of the segments, I would suggest the Timothy Chalamet one. Well, that's some um, information I will file away. Last year, we also got Dune. Dune, Dune, Dune. <laughs> which we did a whole episode on. Yeah. Good stuff, honestly. I, uh, I'm i excited for the new one. I, I realized, oh, it's delightful that Florence Pugh is another love interest in it now. He loves cycling through these ladies. Um because uh, he was in Sir- a movie with Sersha twice, and now it'll be Florence Pugh's um, second go, right? Yeah, and I guess well, Zendaya's second go, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dune was great. I think he was good in it. He's very, like, he's very serious in it, but it, it's like 
you know, a coming of age in the worst ways sort of story that you just like, there's a lot of meat on the bones there. And it's, it's great. Also, Dune is such a great movie in general. Yeah. And he's surrounded by so many great people and the sets and everything that it's like, he does a good job and he's bolstered by everything else. You know, it's not like the entire thing is weighing on him. Yeah. He is the, like he is the lead, but it's sort of an ensemble. Yeah. It will be interesting to see the second one. Obviously I haven't read the books you have, you think the second part's more boring, but, um, it'll be interesting to see it because the cast is changing and kind of shifting and we lost, um, David, uh, Dakota, Washington, (laughs) Oh, Duncan uh, Idaho. Duncan Idaho. <laughs> Who I loved, honestly. The Jason Momoa yeah. character. <laughs> well, the the thing with the the thing with the second one is that it's much more of a Timothy Chalamet movie. I know. It's much more about that character. So it'll be riding a lot harder on him. Which is interesting. In the first one, you know, it you have his dad and then this, you know, slew of advisors. And in the second one, it's really just like him and his mom and then all of the sand people. So that's why I'm like realizing I think he thrives as like more supporting character than maybe lead. And maybe that's just a symptom of time and age and he'll get better. But it's like he's my favorite when he has someone else like when he can be more relaxed in the role, maybe. I do think that he has a little bit of like the Brad Pitt thing in him where people have said that about Brad Pitt too. It's like Mm. in a lot of ways, the best things that he's in are things where he just sort of like pops up and gets to do a bit. Like I think he's worse in movies where he has to be the lead than he is in things like Lost City where he gets to, you know, (laughs) be fun for a bit or even like Bullet Train. Even Ocean's Um, Eleven. Like he's not the main, but he's like the best burn after reading he's so funny in um (laughs) yeah yeah and i don't think that's saying like oh timothy's an overrated actor he's a bad actor like not at all i just think i don't i don't know he feels more stiff when he has to carry the film and maybe that's because the only examples of those are the serious films where he's like you know the king or even beautiful boy like he has to be he has to be so like i don't know it'd be interesting to see him as a playful leading man, but I don't know if Dune's going to be that for me. And so we'll see if he can like really. No, it definitely will be. But maybe Wonka it. will be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Careful he is, what you wish for, Shelby. He is Willy Wonka. Oh, shoot. Wow, that's a nightmare. But that checks out. Is that a musical or did that I make totally that up? totally checks out. I don't know. I have I'm, no interest. Yes, I've never cared about any drama. of those iterations i have no attachment to the story i in fact avoid it at all costs i am not at all interested in that but oh my gosh this cast is wild yeah i believe keegan mike and rowan atkinson sally hawkins keegan michael key olivia coleman yeah but we don't know who's so what dumb. roles any of these oh, people Oh, man, are that checks out. You know what? That's the thing with Timothy is he's, like, quirky, but he doesn't have, like, a strong POV. He's just, like, he's just, like, kind of bland. And I think he thrives when people add flavor to whatever he's in. But otherwise, it's, like, what are we doing here? Like, he's just, like, 
in the weirdest things, but also like the most predictable things like Wes Anderson or Willy Wonka. Like he wants to be, he doesn't want to be your classic leading man, hot star. Interesting though, because the director and writer of Wonka's last two movies were Paddington and Paddington 2. I do love Paddington too. But... So that gives me a lot more <laughs> hope. You know, for this. people can make dare mistakes. I say, <laughs> dare I say, no. You know, the next thing uh, Timothy was in is Don't Look Up, which you hated or didn't like that much. You hated it. I didn't hate it. You didn't. Like I it didn't. That much. I didn't like it as much as the other like Oscar movies last yeah, year. Yeah, I liked it. I liked this movie. I liked him in it because again, he gets to be sort of this like. Almost like his Ladybird character grew up and faced the apocalypse. He's like young 20s guy, kind of this like stoner skateboarder who's just like, yeah, let's let's ride this rock to. <laughs> yeah, he's doom. Jennifer Lawrence's love interest, yeah. but he only shows up like late in the movie. He's he, doing he's a great in, like, job. Five scenes. He's looking hot in it. He looks the most like traditionally i don't know masculine presenting <laughs> i don't know he has like a mullet he's like a skateboard yeah. kid yeah he's trying to drum up some hyper masculine energy while still being a very you know do i believe that he knows how to skateboard no i do not can i picture him skateboarding as an activity absolutely not but he convinced me he did it as a character and don't look up so that's acting for you yeah I feel like maybe I would like Don't Look Up more in the future. I feel like it was so <laughs> heavy-handed and it's like allegory for me that I was like, okay, like I get it. She's Trump, you know? <laughs> it was not it about was... Trump. It was about global warming. Well, I know it was about global warming, but it was also Meryl Streep said that her character was based yeah. on Donald Trump. Yeah, okay. There was a lot of yeah. there was a lot of Trumpy yeah. <laughs> going on. Okay, well then you get to 2022, the year of our Lord. Um, Bones and all. I thought I'd be able to see this because it was technically released this last weekend, but Houston, <laughs> fourth largest city in America, uh, doesn't get it till next week. I don't know why. I honestly don't understand the release schedule and why Houston, fourth largest city in America, is left out of the running so often. But here we are. I did not see it. Um, Well, I think that a lot of times with the platform release, it's literally only New York and L.A. Yeah. And then the second week, it's like 20 other cities. Yeah. I don't know because I I thought it was widely released. I thought it was like its release date is listed. Whatever. It doesn't matter. The point is I couldn't see it. And you didn't really like it. So maybe that's okay. Yeah, so this is based on a YA novel. It's about cannibals, but sort of in like more of a vampire-ish way than in like a like people who just like to eat people. You know, it's like they're com- right. like they can they're compelled to eat other humans. Like that's sort of like in a Twilight thing, but right. instead of sucking their blood, they're just like eating the person. Um, and. It's really gory. It's really gross. I think I've said this on the podcast before, but multiple people threw up at the Lincoln Center screening that I was at for it That's because so it was that disturbing. Um, Did you it, agree I, with that? Like, is it like because yeah, there's I been had, cannibal movies? There's been like very violent movies. So what was it? That- I had to. I had to multiple times like sort of close my eyes and sit back in my chair because I felt sort of lightheaded. Interesting. It's, it's it's gory, but in like a like I don't mind people getting like shot or stabbed or whatever. I feel like the things that I 
have like, but I don't love like a surgery scene in a movie. Right. And this was more of like ripping out entrails and like blood everywhere, and you're like sucking on someone's liver, kind of. But they're a... dead, right? Uh, no. I mean, yes, but not like a not like an old corp. You know, I mean, right. it's like. But it's not torture, is what I mean. It's not like screaming and. Uh... Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yes and no. the The opening scene is, um, what's the Taylor Russell, the the girl from Waves, who is the main character in it. She's like at a birthday party and sort of like gets hungry and starts eating one of the other girls at the like sleepover's finger while the oh, girl is like still a like alive, obviously. So that's kind of the vibe that it has. Um, hmm. She realizes that she is you know this cannibal person her dad is sort of like you got to get lost like i can't deal with this anymore (laughs) so she sort of like goes on the run she meets timothy chalamet who is also a cannibal they kind of like are on the run together they fall in love but again with the luca guadagnino thing a lot of people who I saw this with or who've, you know, written reviews about it or whatever are like, oh my gosh, isn't this this gorgeous love story? And I'm like, no, these are two people who are going through incredibly traumatic things who only have each other who can ex- listen to them. So they're like latched on to each other in sort of a sad, like desperate, obsessive way. Like this is not a healthy romance. This is <laughs> like very problematic and creepy and weird. And then they're, you know, sort of like wandering around, killing people. Do they only kill bad people? Well, yeah, but they're like sort of only killing bad people, but then like not really because some (laughs) of the ones they kill are not that bad. And then you have Mark Rylance playing this character who's like, is he mentally ill? Is he just weird? Uh, Like who also is another cannibal and sort of like has an obsession with the Taylor Russell character. They run into Michael Stuhlberg, who's the dad from call me by your name, who is another cannibal. Who's just like gross and terrible. Like it's just a lot of creepy eating people. And I don't know. I, it, it was not for me an enjoyable movie to watch. And I also found it, slightly problematic in a variety of ways. So it was not doing anything for me. Interesting. And I think Timothy Chalamet is sort of doing a... So is it like like, a scary movie? Is it like a funny movie? Like what's the... It's not funny. It's (laughs) definitely not funny. It's, I would say, it's not like horror, but it's gory it's it's more like a drama, um, like sort of a sad romantic drama that just also has a lot of gore in it. <laughs> I'm just reading the ending now. This is amazing. <sighs> yeah, the ending scene, the ending scene, which again, I don't want to like spoil for anybody, but the ending scene is disgusting. That's when the people <laughs> threw up. And also like I found sort of laughable. Yeah. I mean, I'm laughing right now. That's like, there funny. is a line of dialogue that he says at, that he has to deliver in earnest at the end of the movie that I was like, this is, like, hilariously bad. And but the fact is he that, good? That's I, the I point mean, of this episode. I, How he, was his Timothy? character is, 
like he's sort of playing, I would want to say like a mix of the douchey boy from um Ladybird, but like sadder. It's like if you like mix that with like the beautiful boy character and mm. sort of make it like a more miserable but like kind of pretentious. Okay. That is amazing. I'm going to dig into that later. <laughs> I mean, um, I mean, if you like, you, I mean, I don't know. You might like it. It's not, not like it. I mean, people did like it. I mean, I might uh, like it, but I probably couldn't physically enjoy it. I don't like goriness like that. And if you got queasy, I'd probably spend yeah. every scene looking at the corner of the screen. <sighs> yeah. And there's a lot of, it a lot of the eating people it's not <laughs> a... an interesting the things that get made you know the 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 movies that get passed on versus what you know more established directors and writers can get through it's just well like did you ever see suspiria the remake absolutely not of course not absolutely i mean because that no was gory but that. that was like in a more cartoonish gory way and that yeah. was so long i hated that movie <laughs> but i was as i was sitting watching this movie i was like i think i just don't like luca guadagnino movies because like i hated suspiria this i also did not like at all um call me by your name i thought what i mean we just talked about that my feelings on that i'm i'm sort of like okay this is you know yeah. It's not landing for me. <laughs> okay, well, there there we go. What's next up for Timothy? Willy Wonka. Um, and Dune Part 2. And Dune Part 2. Oh, wow. I think those are the Quite only the, things that he has in mix. production. Will he ever do a rom-com that doesn't include Oh, he's murder? also he's also playing um, Bob Dylan in a biopic by the director of Logan and Ford versus Ferrari. Bob Dylan? Yeah, like the musician. Mm. Weird. That feels like it could be. That could be a movie that's like either an Oscar, like very Oscar-y or like terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I just need him to relax. Like that's how I feel. It's like, Timothy, you're still young. Like just relax. Like honestly, you've gotten your nominations. You're not going anywhere. Like just relax. Like Willy like, Wonka doesn't Like a Barbie count. movie? Like that's yeah, the kind of thing exactly. I want to see him <laughs> I would. I yeah. feel like he would be so good in like a, like even in like a Coen Brothers kind of a. Yeah, I like just want him to wear like hot pants and like rollerblades somewhere. Like I just or even like, God forbid, American Hustle. <laughs> like I feel like that's the energy a movie that we should be aiming for. Like something a little yeah. bit more on the yeah, va va boom side of and things. And also maybe just something like, like present. You know, like. Oh, he's a he's a business guy, you know. He's a he's making deals and Wolf shaking of Wall hands. Street. Yeah, <laughs> I just want him to be like I, happy. I don't know if he'd be good in like a rom com or like a Seth Rogen kind of comedy. Yeah, but I feel like there's more fun type. Like even even like a put him in like Death on the Nile kind of. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that was bad, but you know, like, like something more campy. Yes. Yeah. I feel like he would be good in a campy movie. Yeah. I mean, that's like almost like adjacent what his character was in Ladybird. Like, it's just like, I want him to be able to be or his Knives Out. Self. That's what he should be in. Knives oh, Out 3. Interesting. Yeah. White Lotus season three starring Timothy Chalamet's return to the small screen. <laughs> I'm excited mm. for White Lotus season three. I think it's, the cast is going to be good. 
Well, have you been enjoying White Lotus season two? I have been. Oh, okay. Have we haven't you? really downloaded about it. I think it's weaker, but I think it's getting stronger. I mean, I, I really liked the first season a lot. I was trying to remember on like yeah, how I mean, I mean, I love the first season, too, but I was trying to remember, like, how much of, like, because the ending of the first season is so strong. No, but the beginning is so good. Like, the it starts off, like, wow, like, you're just, like, immediately, boom, absorbed, whereas these characters are a little bit more of a slow burn for me to, like. I love the Aubrey Plaza character. Oh, yeah. Well, she's the exception, but the rest of them. And I am obsessed with watching the nice guy's son turn into a horrible person. (laughs) I haven't watched this week's one, so no spoilers. I hear this fourth episode is good. But anyways, the point is, uh, Timothy, yeah, I just think he takes himself a little too seriously, both as this, like, fashion icon and actor, and I just want him to just be 26, you know? Like, oh, the youth is wasted on the young, you know? The youth is wasted on the young. (laughs) I was just like, enjoy what you have while you got it. Mm. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, Timothy, please. <laughs> well, I okay, like I'm gonna predict your top three on your BuzzFeed list. So I think your best and most favorite Timothy role is oh wow, Ladybird. Then second place is Little Woman, and third place in a plot twist. Well, I don't think you'd go that far. I'm gonna say Dune. Um, so, like, this is interesting because I wasn't ranking these based on, like, favorite movie. Oh, I was okay. basing it on, like, his performance in particular. Right. And how strong I think he is in the movie. Oh, okay. So you put French Dispatch in the top three, didn't you? No. So I said <laughs> the number one was Call Me By Your Name because I do think oh, he's okay. really yeah, good yeah, at yeah. Call Me By okay. Your Name. Okay, I honestly just forgot about that movie for a second. I said two was Little Women. And I said three was beautiful boy. Wow. Uh, really no love for the Ladybird breakout. I put Ladybird down at number nine. That's I feel absolutely like ridiculous. And I will be so that is why your editor hasn't gotten back to you. Okay? Because he's like, how so do I guide Lady this Bird? Man? And I feel like he plays that same character again like five but times. But that's his first character doing it. And the first gets you know the the highest record for it. You can't you can't rank a better a better version of that self later. I don't know. Like I think that I don't like I liked him better in some of these other things. Anyway, okay, nine out of like what twelve movies? Uh, twenty five. <laughs> There's just no way we just talked about twenty five movies. If you put a gun to my head and asked me to list every movie Timothy's, or in, wait, I could twenty three. Sorry, twenty three. I could come up with maybe twelve, and we just listed them all. But remember, he's in the he's in one scene of the movie about the Jewish guy who had to marry his brother's sister. He's in a French accent in one of them. Okay, he's well, I look forward player. to the comments on that BuzzFeed article, as well as the comments in our uh, Instagram. Um, so, really, just a good day to be Matt. Uh, lots of content, lots of feedback. Um, well, it's my birthday, so it makes yeah, sense. yeah, exactly. Honestly, happy birthday to you. Thank you. Um, glad that we could do this for another year. Excited to see whoever you pick when May rolls around. Um, <laughs> Lucas Edge. Next week is Thanksgiving, so we're off. Yes. But then we'll be back in December. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Time flies. We're, we're getting close to Avatar 2. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're right. That's technically true. That's how we tell time is when is the next James Cameron movie? You're going to have to watch it, Shelby. I was... Uh- I'm the I one who saw like it. it. Like, I'm the one who saw the first one and was like, guys, it's worth going to the theater to experience this. It's amazing, like, what he did, technically. Oh, you were the one who said that? Yeah, 100%. And then everybody, and then the other billion it. people who went to see that movie were like, oh, wow, Shelby. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I don't know if you know this, but he's promised me, like, 1% of all future income on the Avatar films because of the important work I did in promoting Avatar one okay well you're paying for every dinner when i come visit yeah next time. <laughs> okay well this has gone on long enough uh so yes okay okay congratulations to me happy birthday to me um we'll see you guys all in two weeks yay goodbye